And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man, thank you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry man. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Masked Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360 will conclude Duffy's Tavern, starring Ed Archie Gardner with special guest Shelley Winters. Then Lon Clark stars as that most famous of all manhunters, Nick Carter, master detective from 1948. And with me is Lisa Wolf and Mike Costella. But right now it's time for the conclusion to Duffy's Tavern. We began listening to this last time. It's from February 9th, 1951. Special guest is Shelley Winters. On the show, Archie receives an unsigned Valentine card and suspects it was sent by Winters. So a fun show. Let's go back now to 1951 for the conclusion to Duffy's Tavern. Hey, Arch. Yeah? I've been giving quite a lot of thought to what you told me. You've been giving a lot of thought, huh? Mm. Well, good for you, Finnegan. Only I forget what it is. Okay, I'll explain it again. Now, and this goes for you, too, Planyaslavnik. Uh, you guys got to help me uh, to keep me willpower, you know. Now, if a dame starts making passes at me, what do you do? Well, we break it up. Right. Now, how are you going to do it? Very simple. I merely say, Madame... I believe you dropped your handkerchief. Then when she bends over to pick it up... Yes? I kick her right in the teeth. <laughs> well, ain't exactly Emily Posty, but at least it'll be effective. Now, let me see this Valentine. Hey, this I didn't notice. What's under the heart? What's under the heart? Yeah. The liver. <laughs> No, I mean, what's under the heart on this Valentine? It's a poem. See here, roses are red, licorice is black. Kiss me, sweetheart, and I'll kiss you back. Hey, wait a minute. This proves it. I know who's after me. Who? Shelley Winters. Shelley Winters, are you kidding? Look, Miss Duffy, this is poetry, ain't it? Yeah. Did you ever have a poet named Byron? Yeah. Keats? Mm-hmm. Did it ever occur to you that there is also a poet named Shelley? <laughs> and as further proof, just take a look at this word. What word? Sweetheart. Please, this is so sudden. <laughs> Please. Miss Slavnik, I'm talking about the word sweetheart in the poem. And Miss Duffy... In the word, sweetheart, what's the first two letters? S-W. I suppose it's a coincidence that Shelley Winter's initial is also S-W? <laughs> Finnegan, you better keep your eye on me tonight and watch that willpower. I'm afraid the dame has interior motives. <laughs> Don't worry, Arch. We'll protect you. I think I'll need it. You know, she's she's at that dangerous Hollywood age. <laughs> 
between husbands. <laughs> so don't forget your promise, fellas. The first time you see a gleam in your eye, I want you to quick hop in and frustrate her. Well, you better put your frustrators on quick, because there she is coming in the door right now. Oh, brother, look at those. I mean, look at that. <laughs> Arch, don't forget... Will power. Okay, Finnegan, I'll play it safe. I'll only look her in the face. <laughs> yes, sir, I'll, I'll bridle me passions. I'll stifle myself. I'll dam up me emotions. Hello, Archie. Run for the hills, boys. <laughs> the dam has burst. <laughs> oh, Shelly Winter. Well, Archie, th this is the first time I've ever... Just a second, Miss Winters. I happen to know how you feel, but I'm sorry. The answer is definitely no. Well, that's a cool greeting. Coolness is as coolness does. Atta boy, Arch. Archie, Archie, aren't you even going to shake hands? Well, I'll shake hands, okay, but uh, just a quick one. <laughs> All right, then I'll take off my glove. What's that? I'll take off my glove. Oh, no, you don't, sister. <laughs> Thank you, Finnegan. Say, what's going on here? Look, Miss Winters, I want you to know that you mean nothing to me. What? You heard me. Them soft blue eyes, they, they mean nothing. That beautiful blonde hair and them lips. <laughs> Gorgeous figure. Them terrific legs. They do nothing to me, see? Boss, boss, what? here. What? Your eyes, they just popped out of their sockets. <laughs> Say, you're cute. Don't say that. But you are. I know, but don't say that. All right, I won't say it. You won't say what? You're cute. Please, say it again. <laughs> Look, cut it out, Shelly. I can see right through you. What? I don't mean that. I mean this clumsy attempt to make me jealous. You know, you, you're just a moth to a flame. Just another one of the bats in me belfry. Bats in the belfry is right. Uh, now, please, uh, leave us forget the past and... Uh, get the conversation back to the drawing room. Now, tell me, uh, what are they, uh, what are they talking about in good old... <laughs> you know, you're quite a dish. Archie, my face is up here. Oh, yes. <laughs> By the way, that, uh, that dress you're wearing. Oh, it's really nothing. You're so right. <laughs> I must say for you, though, Miss Winters, that with a figure like yours, you don't need clothes. Uh, me, uh, tell me, uh, what are people talking about in, uh, good old Hollywood these days? Oh, the same thing. Each other. Oh, though. I wonder if they still remember me out there. You know, I once starred in a picture for Paramount. Oh, yes, they're still talking about you. Yeah, huh? What are they saying? 
I don't know. I'm a lady. I always leave the room. <laughs> well, tell me, uh, what pictures you've been making lately? Well, uh, I just finished a Technicolor picture for Universal. Uh, well, what's it called? Frenchie. It's called Frenchie, hmm? Mm-hmm. Watch, don't forget, your willpower. <laughs> don't worry, I'm just toying with the dame. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Archie, uh, do you mind if I sit down? No, I sit down on that bar stool there. Uh, speaking of the movies... Uh, Archie, this bar stool is rather high. Uh, we keep it that way so the customers won't feel small if they don't buy a second drink. Uh, speaking of movies... It's uh, so nice to sit down. All these high heels are killing me. They're killing me, too. <laughs> Uh, uh, speaking of movies... Archie, uh, you think these black stockings go well with these shoes? Black stockings? <laughs> yeah, very well. Uh, Mooking of speakies... Uh, <laughs> uh, Making of uh, spookies... Uh, Archie, what's the matter with you? What's the matter with me? Uh, uh, nothing. Nothing. Nothing that a cold shower couldn't cure. <laughs> Quiet, Tanya Slavnik. Uh, 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 Miss Winters, uh, speaking of Hollywood, uh, by the way, you've got a run in your stock. Oh, I'll have to fix it. Uh, can I help you? I, I mean, uh, may I, may I get you a needle and thread, Miss Winters? Well, well, that would be very sweet of you, Archie. Not at all. In fact, I think you're a very sweet boy. Really? And handsome, too. Honest? <laughs> of course. Cross your legs and hope to die? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Cross your legs and hope to die. It's uh, the name of a new book. <laughs> uh, speaking of books, uh, have you read any good stockings lately? <laughs> I mean, books? Oh, yes, I have. Uh, that's nice. Uh, anything new? Yes. What? The new Kinsey report. <laughs> that did it. Shelley, I'm a dead duck. May I have the pleasure of your next marriage? Archie, is, is this a, a sincere proposal? You think these goose pimples is falsies? <laughs> Of course it's a proposal, so what do you say? Well, I'll, I'll have to think it over. Well, why? You, you just told me I was sweet. Yes. And, and handsome. Um, I'm sorry, Archie, but the man I marry must have a lot of money. Well, it was nice while it lasted. <laughs> Look, Shelly, you got to marry me. I'm sorry, Archie, but I can't break a promise. A promise? Yes, I promised myself that the next time I got married, it would be for money. Got to have money, huh? Absolutely. Well, uh, I ain't exactly saying that I'm filthy rich, but I ain't exactly saying that I'm filthy poor, neither. No, it's just filthy. <laughs> Uh, 
Thank you. You see, Shelley, if I wasn't rich, you'd think this peasant would insult me. <laughs> but if you have so much money, why do you work in a place like this? Look, Shelley, this tavern is just a hobby with me. You think if I worked here, I could afford to own a Rolls Royce with a mink tail on a radiator cap? <laughs> Which reminds me, Yasha, Yasha, take the Rolls Royce down to one of my oil wells and fill it up with diesels. <laughs> I'm beginning to be impressed. You ain't heard nothing yet. I... Oh, excuse me, the phone. Probably me wealthy stockbroker. <clears throat> hello? Oh, hello, Whitcomb. Duffy, it's a knack. Uh, tell me, Whitcomb, uh, how are all me stocks and bonds on Wall Street? Uh-huh. And uh, what about Consolidated Amalgamated Inc.? <laughs> huh? They've incorporated... God, they've done it again. <laughs> Buy a million more shares, uh, and this time, not just them little common ones. <laughs> Give me the big ones, the preferred. <laughs> uh, very good, Whitcomb. And by the way, what happened to maternity ward? <laughs> uh-huh. I see. And what about consolidated can? <laughs> Bottom dropped out, huh? <laughs> Well, in that case, I'll tell you what you do. Uh, buy me 10,000 shares of social securities. <laughs> Thanks, Whitcomb. <clears throat> well, things seem to be popping in Wall Street. Yes, it sounds like a real bull market. Well, <laughs> now that I've proved how rich I am, can you think of any reason for us not getting married? No, but I will. Just give me a second. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, how about your background? Huh? Your family. Oh, them. Well, uh, Grand Pater was also a millionaire, you know. In fact, I shouldn't really talk about our family fortune without giving him credit. You know, he was the original flounder. <laughs> Started as a poor boy, too. He Mayflowered it over here with Grandmama. And they was lucky enough to pick up Pennsylvania at the right price. <laughs> So I grew up on the estate and went to college. Oh, what, what college did you go to? Well, Dad wanted me to go to Harvard and Mother wanted me to go to Yale. What happened? They compromised. That's when Dad built Princeton. <laughs> so you see, Shelley, I have both money and background. So what do you say we... Take me two yachts and start on a little honeymoon. Two yachts? Yeah, marked his and hers. <laughs> now, leave us quit wasting time. Uh, Yash, if Duffy calls, tell him me and Shelly is on our way down to Little Church around the corner, huh? Little Church around the... Oh, no, you don't, sister. Then again, please, stay away from this. But, Arch, what about your willpower? Uh, I know, but this time I'm really in love. In love, he says... This is what he's telling all his wives. Oh, no, Panya, Slavnik, please, stay away from this. And Miss Winters, did he tell you he has 12 wives and 48 children? 48 children? One for every state in the Union. <laughs> oh, this is terrible, and where are the wives? Standing by for Alaska and Hawaii. <laughs> Please, Shelly, please don't listen to them. They're nuts. 
Can't you tell just by looking at them that they're nuts? I don't know. Around here, there's no basis for comparison. <laughs> Look, everybody, will you shut up and forget that willpower stuff? I'm, I'm proud to say that I have conquered me willpower. This dame I want to marry. You want to marry? Yeah. After I spent all that dough. What dough? The dough I spent on that valentine. Oh, no. <laughs> Listen again next week, friends, to Duffy's Tavern, the Friday night transcribed feature on NBC's all-star festival of comedy, music, mystery, and drama. Listen tomorrow evening for The Man Called X, starring Herbert Marshall, the Saturday night feature of the all-star festival. And that's Duffy's Tavern from February 9, 1951, starring Ed Archie Gardner and special guest Shelley Winters, along with Burt Gordon. And Hazel Shermit is heard on NBC. When we come back from the break, it's Nick Carter, Master Detective. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club, where each month you'll receive 10 of the greatest shows of all time on five CDs in a collector case. Join now and receive your first five-CD collection of 10 classic radio shows, regularly priced at $39.95 for only $4.99. Each month I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows of all time from my library of 100,000 shows and send them to you on five CDs. And I promise they'll be superior sound quality and you'll never receive a duplicate show. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com and we'll rush you your first five-CD collection with ten of the greatest classic radio shows of all time for only $4.99. Your first collection will feature Abbott and Costello, Sam Spade, Dimension X, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Gunsmoke, Have Gun Will Travel, Inner Sanctum, Jack Benny, and Suspense. You're going to love the Classic Radio Club. Learn how to join at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360. I want to remind all of our listeners that we have just started the Classic Radio Club, and I'd love it if you join. We're trying to get all of our listeners to join the Classic Radio Club. Now, in this club, each month you'll receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time on five CDs in a collector case. Now, when you initially join by going to ClassicRadioClub.com, you're going to receive your first five-CD collection of 10 classic radio shows. Now, these are regularly priced at $39.95, but... You get it the first time for only $4.99, right? Less than $5 for 10 classic radio shows on five CDs in a special collector case. Now, each month after that, I'll hand select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows of all time from my library of over 100,000 shows and send them to you on five CDs, again, in a collector case. And I promise... There'll be superior sound quality, and you'll never receive a duplicate show. You're going to hear shows that we've never aired, shows that have never been put out on CD before, 
These are the best of the best. Now log on to ClassicRadioClub.com and we'll rush you your first five CD collection with 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time for only $4.99. Now your first collection will feature Abbott and Costello, including The Who's On First, Sam Spade, Dimension X, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Gunsmoke, Have Gun, Will Travel, Inner Sanctum, Jack Benny, and Suspense. You are going to love the Classic Radio Club. Learn how to join at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And Mike just got his first five CD collection. I did. What would you think? I love it. It's it's really great, right? Packaging looks great. Yeah. Everything's good. Yeah, there's pictures of the stars on there. There's liner notes. There's the five CDs with the ten shows all digitally remastered. Folks, you're going to love being part of the Classic Radio Club. We'd love you to join. Just go to ClassicRadioClub.com. All right. It is time now for Nick Carter, Master Detective. This was a great detective series that came to radio in 1943. Lon Clark starred as Nick Carter the entire run. And we have an episode from September 12, 1948. This is called The Case of the Great Impersonation. Here's part one of Nick Carter, Master Detective. New post-war old Dutch cleanser, famous for chasing dirt, presents... Nick Carter, famous for chasing crime. Every week at this time, two great names are joined. As new post-war old Dutch cleanser brings you one of the most resourceful and daring characters in all detective fiction... Nick Carter, Master Detective. Nick, look out! Quick, Betsy, down on the floor. Come back here. Come out back, Nick, you dirty lousy... Nick, they the curb deliberately. I saw them. Crazy fools, they could have killed us. You're not kidding, driver. Look at those windows. Hey, those ain't... Oh, yes, they are. They're bullet holes. And now, the case of the great impersonation. Today's adventure starring Lon Clark as Nick Carter... Brought to you by new post-war old Dutch cleanser. When Jack Blaney was police reporter on the Morning Blade, he and Nick saw a lot of each other. But they lost touch when Jack moved to Center City as city editor of the Daily Crusader there. And then, late one night, Nick received a long-distance call. Hey, where are you calling from, Jack? Center City? Yes, I'm still at the newspaper office. Everybody else went home hours ago, but I'll be here until morning, except that I'll probably have to run out for cigarettes in a little while. Big story coming up? Oh, plenty big. I'm going through the morgue, checking every crime story here for the past ten years. What's the big idea? Nate, there's a gang in this town that the local cops haven't been able to touch. They don't even know who's at the head of it, but I know. Anybody I ever heard of? I don't want to mention names over the phone, but they're mixed up in everything. Gambling, stolen cars, black market, building materials, and now counterfeiting. Look, Jack, you better get in touch with the Treasury Department then. Counterfeiting's their job. No, no, I want to get the evidence myself first. This is really big stuff, Nick. And if I swing it, it'll give me a national reputation as a newspaper man. But, Jack, if you know so much about their operations and plans and you know who's at the head of the outfit, you're... I haven't any proof, Nick. I just happened to overhear a scrap of conversation between a couple of drunken mobsters in one of our local gin mills. They mentioned their boss's name, and then I heard something about Arlie Grinner, and then... Arlie Grinner? Yeah. He's going to supply the counterfeit money, and the mob here will distribute it. Look, Jack, take my advice, will you? Call the Treasury Department. I'll make a bargain with you, Nick. If you'll come out here for a few days and help me get proof to back up what I know, I will call them before I take any action. Now, wait a minute. Oh, it means a lot to me, Nick. Breaking this story will put me ahead ten years in the newspaper game. I'll have offers from... Okay, okay. Patsy and I'll catch the next train. Oh, swell. Well, now I'll get back to work. So long, Nick. 
Goodbye. See you tomorrow. Right. Get off the recorder, Benny. That's all there is. They hung up. That sneaking rat, Blaney. Hiring a private eye from the big town. When the boss hears this record, he'll blow his top. Well, the boss must have figured something was up or he wouldn't have had us tap Blaney's phone wire. Hey, I hope he thinks of some way to keep this Carter guy from coming here. I heard about Don't him. Don't worry and... about Carter. When his train pulls in tomorrow, we'll be ready for him. But tonight, we're going to take care of Mr. Blaney. That's the first portion of Nick Carter, Master Detective. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to Nick Carter, Master Detective. Come on, Patsy. Here's a cab. Say, Nick, Center City's quite a place, isn't it? Oh, sure. Almost 100,000 population. Golly. Get in, Patsy. Yeah. Where to, brother? The Morning Crusader office. Check. Hey, there's another cab around. I'm in a hurry to get to the Hotel Bradford. Be all right with you if I... Oh, well, that's all right. We don't mind sharing oh, the ride. Uh, never mind. I think uh, I see another cab coming now. Thanks. <laughs> if she can see a cab coming, she has better eyes than I have. I think she changed her mind when she saw us, Patsy. What's the matter? Do we have leprosy or something? You know who that was? No, who? Ollie Grenner's girl. Ollie? Her name's Connie Mills. Oh, well. No wonder she didn't want to ride with us if she recognized you. She probably did. I've run into her several times around New York. Wonder what was in that bag she was carrying. Hey, buddy. You know many people in New York? Yes, quite a few. Why? Any theatrical producers? Oh, yes, a couple. How about giving me a letter of introduction, huh? Well, I don't know. I'm talent, see? Undiscovered talent. One of them stars of tomorrow. Yeah? Listen. Am I mortified? Am I burned up? I'm standing on the street corner with Dumbriago by my side, in person, when up comes this discourteous individual. He steps up on my toes, puts a penny in my mouth, and tries to weigh himself. Ha-cha-cha-cha. I got a million of them. I got... That was Jimmy Durante, see? Oh, uh, yes, yes, we see. Uh, how about this? Now, you listen to me, young Dr. Killjoy. I'm an old man. Maybe I'm not the surgeon I used to be. But at the same time... Hey, watch I... out for that truck. Get that hot up along! Yeah, shut up. And I was Lionel Barrymore. Driving the truck, you mean? No, that's the impersonation I was doing. <laughs> I can impersonate anybody. Maybe you like to hear Edward G. Robinson. Oh, not while we're in this heavy traffic. I can drive this hack with my eyes closed. Oh, don't argue with him. He'll try to prove it to you. From now on, I'm running this mob, see? Yeah, me, little squeezer. You're taking orders from me, see? Yeah. I have to put a hole in somebody's head. Look out! Quick, Patsy, down to the floor. Come back here. Come on back, you dirty... They pushed it to the curb deliberately. I saw them. Oh, the crazy fools. They could have killed us. You're not kidding, driver. Look at those windows. Hey, those ain't... Yes, they are. Bullet holes from a machine gun. This is the office, Nick. See on the door, Jack Blaney, city editor. Girl said to walk right in, but did you notice how oddly she said it? Yes, as if she were frightened or something. Well, maybe Jack can explain. Yeah, 
Hiya, Jack. What? How are you, Mr. Connor, Miss Bourne? I'm Chief Ramsey of the Center City Police Department. The police? When the receptionist but... phoned to say that you were here to see Mr. Blaney, I recognized your name, so I asked her to send you in without saying anything. Anything about what, Chief? About the fact that Blaney was murdered at 3 o'clock this morning. What? Murdered? Well, that was only a couple of hours after he phoned me. How did it happen? A couple of hoodlums waited in front of this building with a machine gun. Oh. Your local boys seem to like machine guns, Chief. They used one to welcome Miss Bowen and me just a few minutes ago. Huh? They did? Well, what in the Sam Hill... I demand action. I demand it. My city editor's been shot down on the street like a dog. Like a dog, mind you. Uh, Mr. Hanford, uh, these are some friends of Blaney's from out of town, Mr. Carter and Miss Bowen. Uh, Mr. Hanford is the publisher of the Daily Crusader. Hello. Glad to see you. Sorry to have to meet under such tragic circumstances... But I'm throwing every resource of this paper behind the hunt for these mad dogs. Every resource. Any idea why Blaney was murdered, Mr. Hanford? Well, of course I have. Of course I have. The Crusader's a newspaper with a mission. A mission. That mission is to stamp out crime in Center City. And you think Jack was killed simply because he was your city editor? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. We have a well-organized criminal element. Well-organized. Not they're afraid of the Daily Crusader. Afraid of us. They know we'll get him someday. Uh, the Daily Crusader and the police department work pretty close, Mr. Carter. As a matter of fact, Mr. Hanford here was directly responsible for making me chief of police. You bet I was. I have influence in this town. Influence. I wanted a police chief who was honest. Even if he isn't smart. Uh, now, Mr. Hanford... But that's the truth, Ramsey. Everybody knows it. Everybody. But by the eternal, if you don't clean this town up now, clean it up, I say. Well, I'm trying, Mr. Hanford. You know that. And if Mr. Carter will help out... As far as Jack Blaney's murder is concerned, you bet I'll help out. I think I know just where to start. I'm sorry, sir. There's no Connie Mills registered at this hotel. Uh, but, Nick, she certainly said the Bradford Hotel. Maybe she's using another name, Patsy. Oh, yeah. Uh, look, clerk, the young lady I mean probably came in about an hour ago. She has red hair. Hannah red hair. Was wearing a green dress, a green and white hat, and... Oh, I remember her. But she checked in under the name of Turner. Uh, wait till I look at the card. Oh, using an alias, huh? Uh, here it is. Miss Jean Turner, New York City. That's probably the one. Uh, you'll find her in room 1018. Thanks. Come on, Chief. Yeah? Hello, Connie. What's the idea? What is this, a pinch? Is it, Mr. Carter? No, Connie. We'd just like to look around and ask you a few questions. For love. Just a minute. Nick, if she locks that but door... She won't get it locked. There. Now, look, Connie. Watch her. Watch her. She's trying to get a gun out of that suitcase. No, no. It's a package of something. Keep it between her and that window, Chief. I'll head her off yeah. on this one. All right. Come on, Connie. Let's see what you're so anxious to throw out the window. If I had a rod, I'd teach you to rub all the lake. There. Here, Patsy, see what's inside this package. All right, Nick. Hold still, hold still, Connie. Be a good girl. Good gravy, it's money. Why, there must be a couple of hundred thousand dollars here. And I'll bet every dollar of it's counterfeit. Connie here is associated with a counterfeiter named Ollie Grenner, Chief. Oh. Treasury men have been trying to prove something on him for months. And Grenner had a deal on with the head of the gang here in Center City. Jack Blaney told Nick about it not two hours before he was killed. Why, I figured this gang leader found out that Jack knew about him, and that's why Jack was killed. Come on, sister. Who are you bringing this stuff to? I don't know. You don't know? How could you deliver it if you didn't know who it was going to? I won't say another word till I see my lawyer. Okay, Connie. Lock her up, Chief. And keep her arrest quiet as long as you can. Now, see Shut up, sister. 
Mr. Carter, I'd appreciate it if you'd come along to headquarters with us and bring that phony money. Sure, glad to, Chief. Patsy, you better stay here. And if there's a phone call, pretend you're Connie and stall until I get back. Right. Now, don't let anyone in but me. I'll be back in 30 minutes. Almost 30 minutes since Nick left. He'll be here any minute now. Nothing's happened. Oh, there he is. Coming, Nick! Oh. Gene Turner, ain't it? Why, uh, uh, why, yes, yes, I'm Gene Turner. We're from the Bourse. Well, well who, who do you mean? Never mind who we mean. You got the stuff? The, the stuff? Oh, oh, the you... The funny money, baby, the yeah. funny money. Oh. Ready to pay off in real dough. Yeah, 50 grand. Show us, Slim. Uh, yeah. That convince you that you're talking to the right guys? Well, I, I... You see, boys... There's been a little hitch. Have you got the stuff for Rancher? Well, uh, well, not right now. But if you'll come back in half an hour... What kind of a runaround is this? You knew we'd be here for it at 9 o'clock tonight. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But, uh, look, come back in half an hour and I'll explain. You'll explain sooner than that, baby. Well, Get but, your hat. But my hat? Yeah, you're going to explain to the boss in person. Afraid to resist and hoping she can continue to carry out the bluff... Patsy has no choice but to leave the hotel with the two gangsters. After sending a telegram to the nearest office of the Treasury Department, informing them of the counterfeit money found in Connie Mills' luggage, Nick returns to the Hotel Bradford expecting to find Patsy waiting in Connie's room. Finding the room empty, he goes to the hotel desk. Miss Bowen? Yes, Miss Bowen. Oh, the young lady who came in with you. Yes, yes, have you seen her? Why, she just this minute left with two men. With two men? Well, they must have been coming down the elevator as you went up, Mr. Carter. What do they look like? Well, they were rather hard-looking, flashily Which dressed. Which way they go? Through the street door. Perhaps you can still catch them. It hasn't been more than a minute since they left. Hi there. You looking for a cab? Yeah. The girl who was with me when you picked us up at the station. You see her just come out of the hotel with two men? Sure, they got into a black sedan. Uh, that's it. Up at the corner, waiting for the red light. Oh, there they go. The light's changed. Catch up with them. Don't let them get away. Anything you say, pal. Hey, you really going to introduce me to some of them theatrical producers? Catch that car. I'll introduce you to every producer in New York. Brother, you made a deal. Hey, you know what I forgot to do for you before? Cary Grant, listen. Never mind the impersonations now. Catch that car. What do I do with them if I catch them? Force them over to the curb. Hey, look, I'll get in trouble with the car. Do what I tell you, will you? This is a matter of life or death. Okay. Okay, chum. Now? Yeah, shove them over. Then stop in front of them so they can't get away. Right. Here goes. Meaning of this young man? Why, you alone in this car? Certainly I am, but don't think I'm helpless. I'll scream for the police. Look here, driver. I thought you said Patsy and those two men were in this car. Sweet pal, I thought it was this one. All these big black sedans look alike. I'm sorry. Tell me about it later. Sorry, madam. It was all a mistake. Driver, take me to police headquarters right away. See if you can impersonate a cab driver in a hurry. Keep moving, sister. Boss is going to be mighty interested in why you ain't got that dough. And whatever your reason is, it had better be good. But I, I told you that. Save it for the boss. Right through the store. Okay. Hey, boss, I brought. Slim. I told you and Benny never to come here to my home. I told you that. Mister Hanford. What's she doing here? This is the girl Arlie Granite sent with his stuff, boss. But she ain't got it. And she acted so funny about it, we thought you'd. You fools. Fools, both of you. So you're the boss, the great reformer, the man who fights crime. Shut up. Why, Shut you... up. 
Is something wrong, boss? This isn't the girl Grenna sent. She's Nick Carter's assistant. His assistant, you hear me? But we went to room 1018 at the Bradford like you told us, and she said her name was Jane I don't Turner. care. I don't care what she said. So you're the gang leader Jack Blaney found out about. And it was you who killed him, a you dirty... A regrettable necessity, my dear. A regrettable necessity. Now I'm afraid we must take the same measures with you. What? The same measures. We got to bump the dame off, too? Oh, no. Hey, look, no. Boss, this ain't so good if she's Nick You do as I tell you. Exactly as I tell you. Perhaps we can make it appear an accident. Oh, no, please. please what no. kind of an accident? I don't know yet. I'll have to think it over. I have to think it over. You wouldn't. Take her out to the old uh, place. Wait for a call from me. When I make up my mind. Okay, boss. Come on, yes. baby. We're going right. Let me go. I'll, I'll scream. I'll raise the whole neighborhood. Oh, you won't. I, I, uh, I'm glad I had to slug you, sister. Now you won't get no chance to scream ever. Huh? They've got Patsy. How do you know? The desk clerk said she left the hotel with two hard-looking characters. You wouldn't have stirred out of that room until I got back unless you'd been forced to. Maybe we'd better go see Mr. Hanford. Who's chief of police in this town? You or Hanford? Why, uh, I am, but him and me always work together, and I kind of depend on well, this him. this time, to... let's depend on the police force. I want to talk to the men who know the districts where this gang might have a hideout. Oh, sure, Mr. Carter, anything you say. Allenby, send Myerson and Dunphy in here on the double. Sorry if I seem impatient, Chief, but anything happens to Patsy... I, I know how you feel, but I still think we ought to talk to Mr. Hanford. I was just reading the editorial he wrote in tonight's paper all about the Blaney killing. Yes, yes, I'm sure it's a fine editorial. Oh, you bet. A real tearjerker, too. About how Blaney was working late, and when he stepped out to get a pack of cigarettes, he... What? Got... Huh? Let me see that editorial. Oh, sure, here. Yes, Chief, you're right. I think we should go see Mr. Hanford. Good. I'll get a squad Don't car. Don't I have a taxi waiting outside. Come on. See, what's the meaning of breaking... Look here, Hanford. I'm going to give you just two minutes to tell me where your thugs have taken Miss Bone. And if you don't tell me, I'll wring your scrawn of your neck. What? Now, 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 look, Mr. Carter. I know you're excited. Excited? But... I've gone way past that, Chief. The gang leader you weren't able to find is a man who's been your unofficial advisor, Mr. Cyrus Hanford. Go out of your mind. Out of your mind. You listened I... in on Blaney's phone call to me last night, Hanford. You heard him tell me he knew who was behind the gang, so you had him killed before I could get him. That's a lie. I didn't even know he made such a call. Take a look at this editorial you wrote in tonight's Daily Crusader. It says that Blaney was leaving the building to get a pack of cigarettes when he was murdered. There wasn't anybody else in the building he could have told that to. So how did you know his reason for going out at that time? Well, I, I was only guessing. Only guessing. Mighty good guessing, Mr. Hanford, because Jack told me over the phone that he was going out for cigarettes soon. What about it? Listening in on that phone conversation was the only way you could have known about those cigarettes. And when you wrote the editorial, you unconsciously proved your own guilt. Hey, I never even thought of Mr. Hanford. But it is kind of funny that every time we'd plan a raid on one of the mob's gambling houses, they seem to know about it ahead of time. Do you think you can go into court with any such ridiculous, trumped-up evidence? They'll laugh in your face. Laugh in your face. Your two minutes are up, Hanford. You gonna tell me where Patsy is, or do I... I you to let him lay a hand on me, I'll... He said he was gonna break your neck, and I hope he does. Where is she? Where is me. I, I, I don't know. Where? I'm... He'd kill me. That's swell by me. Don't hit me, Carter. Don't, don't. I'll talk fast, then. I'll tell you. She, she, she hasn't been hurt at all. Not hurt at all. Let me use the phone. I'll, I'll have her here in a few minutes. Okay, go ahead. And to think that old buzzard's making a sap out of me all the time. I'd like to take a poke at him myself. Uh, hello, hello, Slim. This is the boss. Yeah, the boss. You, you know what I said about the girl... 
about uh, you and Benny putting the girl uh, out of the way. Well, well, uh, do it now. Do it fast. Kill her. Kill her. As Hanford shrieks the order for Patsy's death, Nick and Chief Ramsey grab frantically for the phone, but too late. Pretending he is phoning his thugs to bring Patsy back unharmed, Cyrus Hanford gives orders for her to be killed. Kill her! Kill her! Why, you dirty... Save her now if you can. You murdering old devil, I... Uh, Maybe you can prove I gave the orders to kill Blaney, Carter. Maybe you can. But they can only hang me once. And I'll have the satisfaction of knowing I paid you for your meddling. Oh, gosh, Mr. Carter, if we only knew where they are, I could call out the radio cars... Take her to a farm, 15 miles out of town. By the time your radio cars get there, it'll be too late. Go ahead and call out your men, Chief. I'll be right back. Where are you going? I want to see a taxi about a man. Let, let me go, please. I'm going to do you so good to fight, sister. Sure. You keep twisting around like that, and it might take two or three slugs to do the job. No, you can't. Just one bullet right between the eyes. No, no. That's a phone, Slim. Well, so what? Well, nobody would be calling out here but the boss, would they? No. Okay, I'll get it. Hang on to it, Benny. You bet. <laughs> you kill me, Nick, if I know. You'll run your dumb Hush. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, hello, uh, Slim. Uh, this is the boss. Uh, this is the boss again. Yeah, boss? Is the girl still all right? Is she, is she all right? We're just getting to that little matter now, boss. Well, everything's changed. It's all changed. Carter's found out about us. He's found out. We've got to get out. We've got to get out fast. Okay, but what about the dame? Bring her with you. We're taking her along as a hostage. Carter won't dare try to stop us if we have her in the car. He won't dare. Yeah, that's a smart idea, boss. I'll wait for you at the corner of Ninth and Livermore in a green and white taxi. Green and white. I'll bring the girl and pick me up there. In 20 minutes. There's the green and white cab, Benny. Pull over and stop. Okay. As, as long as you're making a getaway, why not let me go? Quiet, you. Oh. Is that you? Is that you, Slim? Yeah, boss. And we got the girl with us. You'll have to get out and help me. Have to help me, both of you. Now, come on, Benny. Something's wrong with the boss. What do you mean, wrong? Is he hurt? Well, I don't know, but... Hey, boss... Eight in this cab. Keep your hands where I can see them. And you and Benny both. Who the cops? Yeah. And if either of you'd like to make a run for it, we'll show you that cops can use machine guns, too. Better drive a little faster, Chris. We don't want to miss our train. Uh, I'll get you there, pal. Nick, Hanford had an almost perfect setup, didn't he? Just about, Betsy. Huh? Of course, no one ever suspected the city's most fanatical reformer. Well, not only that, Hanford actually helped plan the campaigns against himself. So that he knew every move the police would make before they made it. Yeah, but there were some arrests and some gambling houses were closed. Ah, but never any of Hanford's. He used the police to wipe out his competitors only. Ah, uh, well, I guess he knew what he was talking about when he said Chief Ramsey wasn't very smart. Well, it was ideal for Hanford's purpose. Yeah. Everyone knew the chief was strictly honest. And yet it was easy for Hanford to make a fool of him. Tell me, Nick, how did you ever induce Hanford to put through that second phone call? The one that made Slim and Benny bring me to the place where you and the officers were waiting. Oh, that. I couldn't make him do that, Betsy. But he did it. Oh, no, he didn't. He... That was Chris, our impersonating cab driver here. It was? Yeah, yes. that was me, in the flesh. But, but if it was Chris, how did you know what number to call? I listened very carefully to Hanford's dialing when he made his phone call. Oh, and you counted the clicks so you knew what the number was. Right. So while the chief called out his men, I dashed down and got Chris, who was waiting in his cab at the entrance to the building. I 
told him what number to call, and he made the call in Hanford's voice. Well, I'll be darned. And don't, don't forget them producers, pal. <laughs> I won't, Chris. They'll listen to you if I have to tie them down, and that's a promise. Yeah, gee, thanks. I'll do the same for you sometime. Uh, uh, the same for you. Oh, Nick, that really sounds a lot like Hanford. Over the phone, it was close enough. It was the only thing I could think of that would be fast enough. And believe me, Chris gave a star performance. Yeah, it was a cinch. Everybody in Center City knows that funny way old man Hanford talks. I told you I could impersonate anybody. Chris, you're wonderful. Hey, I got another one I want you to hear. Margaret O'Brien. Margaret O... Oh, oh, no, no. <laughs> Nick Carter, Master Detective, is presented each week at this time by the Cudahy Packing Company. It is produced and directed by Jock McGregor and is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications Incorporated. Charlotte Manson is featured as Patsy. Today's script was written by Jim Parsons. Original music is played by Henry Silburn. This program is fictional, and any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. This is Michael Fitzmaurice saying, when minutes count, use new post-war old Dutch cleanser. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. And that's Nick Carter, Master Detective, from September 12, 1948, with a case of the great impersonation starring Lon Clark. And uh, that was sponsored by Old Dutch Cleanser and Delrich Margarine. As heard on Mutual. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hey, fans of Classic Radio, Carl Amari here. I've created a free app just for you. Get 10 Classic Radio shows free in the Classic Radio Shows app. Plus, there are many more shows available for in-app purchase. You can get your free Classic Radio Shows app in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The easiest way to get your free app is to log on to Hollywood360radio.com and scroll down to the Classic Radio Shows app banner and click either the Google link or the Apple link. Don't miss out. Get your free Classic Radio Shows app today. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Well, next week, it's The Man Called X, Our Miss Brooks, Bold Venture, The Six Shooter, Father Knows Best, and Somebody Knows. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time. 